You're listening to the Mission Gathering Thornton Message Podcast, a weekly show of our Sunday sermons that give you a way to connect with God, grow in faith, and find wholeness. Thanks for joining us. Here's the message. Thanks, Paul, for that wonderful worship. I love that song, Sales. You really do a great job in your rendition. Uh, I want to take a minute just to pray so we can prepare our hearts and minds for this time together and more importantly, prepare uh, my heart and mind. I'm doing this from home. There's kids in the background and uh, I don't know about you, you might be watching at home from with kids in the background or whatnot, uh, but I know for me, I could use to take a moment just to kind of center myself. So I invite you to join me in a spirit of prayer, whatever that looks like for you, taking a deep breath, uh, centering yourself and uh, as we prepare our, our, ourselves for this time. God, I pray that you would guide my thoughts and my words, that they would be meaningful and impactful, and most importantly, speak your message to our hearers in a way that conveys your grace and love and truth. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We often talk about walking on eggshells, But if you ask me, the year 2020 felt more like walking through a minefield trying not to explode. In the classic TV show MASH, there's an episode in which the medical team cares for a little Korean boy who had been wounded. Believing the boy to be an orphan, the crew quickly warms the child with one character, Trapper John, writing back to his wife in the States about adopting the boy. Just a few days later, however, the boy wanders off into a minefield. I mean, it is a war zone after all, and the crew immediately springs into action. Using a map, Trapper John gingerly walks his way out into the minefield, hoping to save the boy from certain death. But after the map proves futile, proves worthless, O'Brien comes with a helicopter and lifts Trapper John and the boy to safety, And Trapper John and the little boy, Kim, are ultimately saved. Now, while this show aired before many of us were even alive, as I was thinking thinking back about 2020, thinking about how to best express my idea of what 2020 has felt like to me, the image of walking through a minefield using an out-of-date map sure seemed to hit the nail on the head. Plus, Pastor Shea said there are not nearly enough uh, MASH anecdotes for her taste, so there you go. But in all seriousness, so much of 2020 has felt like walking out into a minefield, hoping not to explode. I mean, I don't know about you, but every time I walk into a store or a public venue, even wearing a mask, I wonder to myself, am I going to catch the virus here? And even beyond the fear of catching the virus, I think it's the uncertainty and instability that's been the most unnerving for me. Like, not only are we walking into a minefield, but it's like the bombs are shuffling beneath our feet as we move. In many ways, if I had to use one word to describe the year 2020, I think uncertainty would be the word that comes to mind with perhaps change coming in a close second. I think to my own life, Uh, And to my daughter's schooling, that's changed so many times. Like, you know, it was in person, obviously, in the spring of 2020. Then 
to online, then they started out online, then they went back to in-person, then they moved back to online, and they have plans to go back in-person soon. I think about how this church has essentially moved locations four times, four times in the last year. I think to how as a pastor, change and uncertainty has been about the only thing that I could count on as I seek to plan for the future amidst all the shifting sand. I don't know about you, but for me, 2020 felt like an endless shore of reevaluating, reconsidering, reimagining, re-everything. In many ways, it feels like we're walking through a giant minefield with no way of knowing which way to go, where one wrong move could lead to terrible consequences. Now, while many people believe life to be a, a series of random events, there are conversely some people who think that life is all laid out in advance, our actions and our attitudes essentially predetermined or premeditated by God. It's a sort of theological determinism in which God has already laid out and planned out who is destined for heaven and who is destined for hell. This belief, to me, that God has pre-planned every single event in our life in advance is simply an overreaction to the uncertainty and instability inherent in living, in life itself. Thinking back, it's no wonder that when I was in Bible college shortly after 9-11, so many people gravitated, so many of my classmates gravitated and latched on to this way of thinking. I mean, it was a very uncertain, unstable, scary time, not unlike not unlike our world today. And I remember this one time, this guy on my, my dormitory floor gathered several of us young men talking to us about the need to enlist so we could go defend our country. I mean, it was, it was like now, a time of uncertainty, instability, and fear. And when life seems so random, so haphazard, so arbitrary, I think it feels easier, perhaps, believing that our life has all been pre-planned in advance rather than confronting the fear and uncertainty that often comes with life. So, so what can we do? How can we live with courage and conviction amidst all the uncertainty? How can we act with purpose? It brings to mind to me an old story uh, of Jesus calling his first disciples, his first followers of Jesus, who happened to be fishermen. Now, the Bible doesn't really tell us much about who these guys were, uh, what they did, what made them special, or why Jesus picked them. We just know that Jesus claimed them for a purpose and gave them a mission. I mean, it's really that simple. I want to read, read you the story in Mark chapter 1, verses 16 through 20, if I can find it in my Bible. As Jesus passed alongside the Galilee Sea, he saw two brothers, Simon and Andrew, throwing fisher nets, fishing nets into the sea, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, he said, I'll show you how to fish for people. Right away they left their nets and followed him. After going a little farther, he saw James and John, Zebedee's sons, in their boat repairing the fishing nets. At the very moment he called to them, they followed him, leaving their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired workers. See, I told you it was a pretty simple story, right? And while other biblical authors add a little more 
to the event itself, there's still very, very little to, to go on regarding the backstory of these men or what made them special. The reality is, according to one Christian author at least, is what made these guys special is that Jesus chose them. That's it. Among the disciples we do know something about, Andrew, Peter, James, and John, they were nothing but ordinary fishermen. One more, Matthew, was just a tax collector. The other seven we know next to nothing about. All seemingly ordinary, random, insignificant people chosen by Jesus and given a mission by God. There was nothing special about them. Not that God didn't love them or value them. Rather, just from all we know, from all we can tell, there was really nothing that set them apart or made them more special. Simply put, they said yes to the mission that God had given them. Now please pay attention to this. This is the heart of the matter. No matter how random or insignificant your life feels right now, no matter how isolated or alone you feel, no matter your, your place of employment or your occupation, you have a mission from God to make a difference in this world right now. So, so if you hear nothing else from this message, I want you to hear this. That God has a mission for you. God has a purpose for you. Now, again, not in the sense that God has already planned out and predetermined like what you're going to wear tomorrow or what you're going to eat for your next meal. Rather, it's just that God has an idea, a plan, if you will, of how you can make a difference in the world. And God wants you to do it. God wants you to do it. So, hear this. Please hear this. As uncertain and tumultuous as 2020 felt, and 2020 likely may still feel, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. God has a mission for you. And this year, in 2021, my prayer for you is that you would rediscover your mission. Amidst all the change, all the uncertainty of 2020, reacting to the latest shutdowns, rearranging life for online schooling, and responding to the needs of people around you, it's easy to lose sight of the reasons why you're doing what you're doing. I mean, trust me, you're not alone in this. Like, a few weeks ago, when I was at home, like, online schooling my daughter, trying to get work done, trying to maintain some sense of sanity in relationship with my wife and my son, like, if you would have asked me, hey, Lauren, like, what's your mission in life? Or, Lauren, what's the mission of the church? I'd be like, I have no idea. Like, come back to me later. I, I wouldn't have been able to formulate an answer, right? Like, it's hard. It's hard. I've had to rediscover my mission. I've had to rediscover my purpose at times myself. The point is, you have a mission from God. You have a distinct way in which you can make a difference in this world, and that's what makes you special, makes you unique, makes you chosen by God. And I, I want to encourage you to think about this, that there are many ways you can make a difference in this world. I think about Erin and how she organized 
uh, handwritten thank you cards from the kids and then delivered them to hospitals to encourage their workers. I think about Tom who organized um, the at-home communicate so we could take part in the sacred meal together even though we're apart. I even think of Nellis who brought my wife food one night at the hospital. <coughs> that stuff makes a difference. It really does. And for me, as uncertain and unstable as this year ahead looks to be, as much as my life feels very much like I'm walking into a minefield with no guidance and no direction, when I'm able to rediscover my mission, my purpose, I'm okay. I'm okay. I can move with purpose through the chaos and calamity of life right now, not because I know the future or have the way mapped out for me, but because I know why I'm walking. I know why I'm walking. In truth, in truth, there is no secret map up in heaven in which God has laid out the proper steps of our lives. There are no proverbial landmines we'll accidentally step on if we veer from this pre-planned route. Rather, I believe our demise will look much like the story of Peter walking on the water. Do you remember that story? Like, Jesus walking on the water, he beckons Peter to come out of the boat, and Peter starts walking on the water. But remember what happens. When Peter kept his eyes fixed on Jesus, following his purpose, moving forward, he was okay. But when he lost his focus, when he took his eyes off of Jesus, he nearly succumbed to the wind and to the waves. He nearly succumbed to the wind and to the waves. I can't promise you the road ahead will be without its uncertainties and instabilities. But what I can tell you is that when you know why you're walking, it makes the way seem a little more clear and a lot less scary. My prayer for you is that you would rediscover your purpose this year in 2021. Thank you for listening to the Mission Gathering Thornton Message Podcast. You can watch our weekly services on Facebook Live every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. And to learn more about joining a group or serving with us, visit our website at mgthornton.org.